Welcome to the Cocoa Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Cocoa Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Good afternoon and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network. I'm Aurelia Lyles and it is the last Saturday of the month and you know what that means. That means it's time for you, you, the best invention ever with Valencia Lyles and her special guests. Welcome to You, the Best Invention Ever featuring host Valencia Lyles Saunders, a show dedicated to inspiring you to invent something incredible. Your life. No problem. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. And it's great to have, you know, to be back um, and to chill with my peeps here um, on You, the Best Invention Ever. Um, Uh, oh, what? oh, I had a brain freeze. I'm sorry, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> it's the end of April. It'll soon be May, but I don't know where you guys are listening from, but here in New York, to, yesterday and today, it was feeling more like a little bit of end of February, uh, some of March, so it's been kind of confusing, but be that as it may, we are here and back ready to roll. Today... I'm really interested in my next guest because this is a subject that I have been following for a little while, and um, I want to know a lot more about it. I do know some about it, but um, I used to, at one point in my life, uh, work in the recording industry and um, in recording studios, and I was witness to how that changed, and also as a singer and um, someone who had a couple of deals. Um, So this is really, really interesting because I tell you, the industry has changed so much, and some of it is because of um, the Internet. Um, There are people doing uh, business differently around the world, and we are picking up on each other's uh, techniques and business styles, some for the good, some for the bad. Um, but as we know, business can be great and business can be shady. But this is a whole new ball of wax we're talking about. And the, the subject is called the 360 deal. Um, and it is really fascinating how this affects artists and the decisions they make. They make record companies and the uh, labels and the decisions they are making and um, how people are going to make money in this new landscape. So my guest today is Kendall Menton, and he's an attorney, so I'm sure he's, um, you know, done a lot of these deals. And um, he's also an author of a book called Understanding and Negotiating the 360 Ancillary Rights Deal. Wow, that sounds very lawyery. Anyway, we're going to get to the bottom of this and break it down so that, you know, aspiring uh, folks 
in the business can understand this. Seasoned folks can understand um, this deal, this new landscape, and um, just folks who are interested in the business can understand this. So, hello, Mr. Minton. Hello, Ms. Miles. How are you this afternoon? And welcome also to all your listeners on Coco Express. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I said your name wrong, and you said mine wrong. You're Mrs. Mrs. Kendall Mentor, right? That's okay. And I'm I'm Lyle. Not a problem. My bad. So we will both correct that, but it's all good. (laughs) How are you? I'm good today. I'm good. I'm really interested in your book and what you've learned. And um, sure. I, I, I happened upon this. Like I said, I, I used to be a part, a bigger part of this industry a while back. But I somehow got interested in Korean pop music, and mm-hmm. so uh huh. And so when I get interested in something, I I want to know all about it. So um, the way they do business, one of the, the heads of one of the entertainment companies in an interview I read said that they have modeled their industry, music industry um, business model to the Motown business model Correct. back in the day, all in-house um you, it's a farm system. They grow up there. They invest mm-hmm. heavily in their artists. But on the back end, these artists owe so much money, and some, some of them can't possibly pay it back. Sure, sure. Well, they're very much on the control system, the way the old Hollywood studios used to be, just like Motown right. was built. And they're mm-hmm. almost the artists are more like employees than independent yes. artists and contractors, the way we have in the U.S. So it's a completely different model. And, Unfortunately, we don't have that here. Right, and they they had some there, and they still do call slave contracts. Practice, you mm-hmm. know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was um, frightening and horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it's just because it looks so glamorous on one end, but on the yeah, other it end, is. it is. But, well, that's that's the back end. That's the business side, where yeah. the fans see the music side. Mhm. And those aspiring people see that as well, but when they get into it, some of them, there was one group I read that was so and these groups are huge. They're like mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12 people, so you have to split whatever yeah, you do make a lot. amongst those people. And so right, you don't right. make any money. And there was one group that was so heavily in debt, they had to go to the I guess to the monk sanctuary and beg for food. I was like, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the sad part of it. Fortunately, you know, we've evolved way past that here in the U.S. and in Europe and the other major territories like Latin America. So K-pop yeah. maybe would evolve to that, but uh, I guess we'll leave them to figure it out for themselves. Yeah, I hear they're, they're, they're starting, you know, because they're looking at, you know, because they are venturing out into other markets. They, mm-hmm. are, getting, uh, they are coming to America. They are coming to Latin America, and they're seeing other people's ways and going, why are we living like that? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, anyway, here in the U.S., the 360 deal, um, 
please explain to to the listeners what that means and sure sure where that well let me um maybe before we get into the belly and the guts of what the 360 deal is let's talk mm-hmm. about some of the evolution about why it evolved Absolutely. Um, you know as most of your listeners know you know 10 15 years ago the cd was a prevalent form of music consumption and delivery and right. then with Napster, Grokster, LimeWire, all the file-to-file peer sharing, all the piracy on the Internet, that kind of began to fade away, and it was replaced ultimately by digital downloads. Mm-hmm. And now even digital downloads are beginning to decrease in sales volume as online streaming increases. So mm-hmm. record companies for the past 10, 12 years have really been scrambling to find a model to replace some of the lost revenue that they are sustaining from the lack of sales on the physical and digital side. And hence, you know, you either have to cut expenses or you have to find mm-hmm. revenue. There were fewer and fewer and still are fewer and fewer physical and digital sales of music, meaning less income coming into the label. So now they have evolved over the past 10 years an additional business model called the 360. Some call it the ancillary rights. Some call it the mm-hmm. passive income participation deal. But it's all the same. And at the gut and the heart of it, what it really is, is a model whereby record companies and music distribution companies now share in all the non-music revenue generated by their artists, specifically live touring and shows, publishing, Mm -hmm. merchandising, endorsements, sponsorships, book deals, TV appearances, film appearances, and just like the personal manager now, they share in a percentage of that income anywhere from 5 maybe as high as 25%. So it's an additional financial burden upon the artist. But if you're a new-level artist or a mid-level artist, it's one that you're going to be faced with. And if you don't have sufficient leverage, you will have to sign a deal with that clause included in it. So basically what they're saying is because you are signed with me, you have, we are giving you exposure. You are, we are giving you the opportunity to tour. We are giving you the opportunity to be seen and your visibility, the visibility that you have Mm -hmm. will create new revenue streams. And because of that, we, we, we have a right to that, to a percentage of your, of your income. That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, what I want your listeners to understand is that um, it's a model that is here. It's not going away. And if you are a new artist or if you're a mid-level artist, what you have to do is to make sure that you have a team around you of competent attorneys and managers who are in a position mm-hmm. to negotiate the bite. You're going to get bit. The question is right. whether you get bit by a guppy bite or by a shark bite, but the bite's going to be there nonetheless. So my book basically talks about the evolution of the deal and mm-hmm. includes some sample contracts and language so people can become familiar with it to, to demystify it. But then also towards the end of the book, what I do is I provide, I guess, some of the the jewels and secrets from the treasure chest of things to to ask for in the negotiation process that will benefit the artist so that the bite won't be as severe. I've also heard of the 180. That's interesting. I've never heard of the 180. Really? That's a new new one for me. Okay. That's a straight line. Yeah doing some reading and there are certain records but they're smaller more independent Mm -hmm. and to entice p 
people toward them, they're offering a 180 deal. Okay. So I guess and, I, I'm not familiar with it, and it's the first time I've heard of it, but the 180 is a straight line instead of a circular accomplishment. So maybe mm-hmm. the 180 is we take less, but we still Right, pay. over time. So exactly. What is, what, so this 360, what kind of a, a timeline are we looking on the deal? If, it, it's, just, if it's a three-year contract, is it for the three years, the life, or the life of the artist? No, it's for the life of the contract because keeping in mind that the 360 clause, which is inside of a record deal, is mm-hmm. just another bundle of rights and income participation okay. that the record company is getting in addition to the rights granted to them as the exclusive record company. So it's not like it's a separate deal. Well, let me, let me back up. There have been some separate 360 deals. Jay-Z, Madonna. Of course. But they don't count. <laughs> yeah, so they were you're early out, the though. They did those angels. deals, yeah, five, six, seven, eight years ago, where, you yeah. know, they were getting 40, 60, and $80 million advances with Live mm-hmm. Nation and other music companies for the rights for 360 uh, participation. So those deals do exist. But the traditional 360 clause in a record deal runs mm-hmm. the length of the record deal, which could be two, three, four, five albums. And right. the running of that time depends on how prolific an artist is in recording and delivering products. So it could be one year, 18 months run per album cycle, but it's mm-hmm. more towards an album cycle as opposed to a specific number of years. And that's the way record contracts have been probably for the past 10 years. Okay. Gotcha. So that takes some of the, to me, the um, fear of this clause because they're talking about an album cycle. An album cycle, but but it lasts for as long as and for as many album cycles as a record company chooses to elect options to exercise. Ah, but... Because, again, keeping in mind, it's the record Mm -hmm. company, not the artist, that has the options in the agreement that they, in their sole discretion, have the right to exercise or not exercise. If the records aren't selling... They're going to drop the artist. If the records okay. continue to sell, then as long as they're selling, they'll continue to exercise option after option as long as it's financially viable to them. Now, on the artist side, the artist also has the option when you know you're you're up for renewal to say thank you, but no thank you. No, you don't. You don't. No, it's never a mutual option. Because keeping in mind that it's the record company that's laying out tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and sometimes millions of dollars to record, market, promote, and establish an artist. Right. So they guarantee if you're making to money, their risk. Okay, so if you're so, making money, they say, I'm making money too until... Yeah, so if, if, if the label's making money, hopefully the artist is making money, but that's not always the case. But you'll never no. see an agreement where the artist has the right to say, thank you, no thank you, goodbye. My, my old partner used to have a saying because he used to work for Atlanta Records, Hank Caldwell, mm-hmm. and he used mm-hmm. to say, that's like us fattening up the frogs for the snakes. Okay. To have We're not going to pay all the and... money, fatten up the frog, mm-hmm. and have another snake come along and eat it. We're going to eat our snakes. Right. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, okay, what are some of the things that new artists should be aware of in the negotiation process? Well, 
there's going to be a percentage. Mm-hmm. The percentages vary, and the percentages cover all aspects of the ancillary area streams that I was just discussing earlier. Touring, well, merchandising, endorsements, book deals, TV deals, film appearances. So it's incumbent on the artist and their representatives to be able okay. to dissect each area. Mm-hmm. And then let's say, for example, you have an artist who already has a television profile from a reality show or mm-hmm. they already have a book out, then you want to exclude that. There's no reason to give that area of participation to the label because they're not creating that new opportunity for you. You already have it and are exploiting it. Right. But they will share in live engagements and they will share in everything else that they can. So you have to exercise whatever leverage you may have to exclude areas. And then you Mm -hmm. also use whatever expertise you and your team have to reduce the percentage and then also to possibly stagger it so that their percentages and participation rights kick in upon the occurrence of certain specific events like charting a record, Mm -hmm. um, you know, releasing an album or a single, something to show that the record company has done affirmatively something, spent some money, taken some risk to be able to justify their participation in your other pockets. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So as a new artist coming in, what should, and this is because new artists don't have much of anything, you know, to, well, not all, but some, what should their team look like? Well, each new artist, each established artist should have a team around them. That would include a qualified, experienced entertainment attorney, Mm -hmm. a qualified, experienced personal manager, not your homeboy, Joe Blow, a qualified, (laughs) experienced... They can't do it. Yeah, see a name too. (laughs) You know, a CPA slash business manager who's going to take care of the financial obligations and make sure the taxes are paid, and Mm -hmm. a talent uh, booking agent to find those gigs so they can hit the road and make some money. That's the essential elements of the team, and then as they begin to release product... They're going to need a press and PR agent to make sure that they have the media exposure that they want. That will also include a social media marketing person to supplement what the record company is doing. So you're talking about a half a dozen people around the artist who make a career a brand. Okay. And that is, see, that's what's different than what the industry was. We have other um, pockets of, or levels, of PR and exposure. And so it's all about branding now. Yeah, everything is about branding now. Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, it used to be five years ago, you could drop an album. If it was Mm -hmm. successful, it might sell a million copies in the first month. Now, last year, we might have had six artists with platinum records all year. So because music sales are down, the successful artists have to create brands. That's why you see Beyonce and Jay-Z and Drake and Chris Brown and a whole bunch of other folks, Rihanna, not just doing music. They're doing perfume lines and clothing Mm -hmm. lines and beverage lines and vodka lines. That's branding, and that all comes from the success of being a celebrity, just like the Kardashians. You Mm -hmm. know, So you take your brand, you milk it in as many different ways as you can while you're in the limelight, and then that's your legacy. So... You know, back when we had Motown, it was an honor to sing. It was an honor to be a musician. It was an honor to, you know, be out there doing your craft. 
Now you have to be a pitch man. You have to be a, an actor. You have to be a writer. You have to be so many things. Everything. How is, yeah, you have to be everything uh, for everybody so you can make money. How are we? How are how are artists really getting this done? Again, it's a team because an artist is just one person. They can't mm-hmm. do it all by themselves. So they literally have a team. Successful artists, they all right. have a team around them that execute on all the various areas of endeavor that they want to pursue. And you obviously have to have a team that knows what they're doing, experienced at what they're doing. I mean, look at J Lo. She's had Benny mm-hmm. Medina as her personal manager probably since she was knee high to a frog. But yeah. the two of them have a team that's a machine that has her everywhere now. And she's mm-hmm. just one example. Madonna, I mean, you know, the list is long, but at the end yeah. of the day, if you peel away the covers, you're going to see the artist up on stage, their face on covers, their, stage, mm-hmm. their face on packages for brands. But there are a whole lot of folks behind the scenes pulling the strings that you don't see or hear about. That usually is how it is. It's like uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> somebody behind. Back. Yeah, to exactly. see what's really going on. It's no on. different. It's no yeah. different. Yeah, so it's like the iceberg. You know, you'll see a portion of the iceberg above the surface, mm-hmm. but it's what's below the surface that's really what you got to watch out for. That'll hurt you. <laughs> or or, or uh, kind of take you out. Right. So now we we know that that, that um, level is just what it is, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a business, it's a company, it's a machine. It is. But what we need, what I'd like to come back to is for those newbies, uh, mid-level guys who are mm-hmm. really having to hoof it out there, what's their yes. life looking like right now? Well, they're on a grind. I mean, what new artists have to focus in on is what's the point of easiest, cheapest entry. It's the Internet. It's social media. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of artists, from Justin Bieber to many, many more, are being discovered and signed today because of their presence mm-hmm. on social media. That way you don't have to spend tens of thousands to get radio airplay. You don't right. have to spend tens of thousands to get print coverage in the media. You mm-hmm. can kind of grind, put your music up. I had a client last year named McConan in the fall who had been on social media for three years putting up his music. Last mm-hmm. fall... One of his tracks called Going Up on a Club on Tuesdays was discovered by Drake on YouTube. Drake wow. jumped on the track. Within six days, we were negotiating with five different major labels, all because of his social media activities. And now he's got a tour that sold out in 45 minutes. He signed to Drake's label that's affiliated with Warner Brothers. And mm-hmm. here's a guy who, you know, was just on the grind, independent artist, trying to be discovered, trying to have his music out six months ago. And now he doesn't have a moment to sleep. Now, that sounds like people would call that an overnight story, but it is not an overnight story. It's not. It, like well, you yeah, said, yeah. It, it's, it's the grind. It's, it's overnight it is, plus three or four or five years that you yeah. didn't see. For you, it was overnight because you woke up and said, who was that? <laughs> exactly. But for him, he, was, he, just he had been doing it, universe. sleeping on couches, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, borrowing mm-hmm. support from friends for several years before he had that break. And now right. he's got a team around him. He's got, you know, folks How that do what they do. How did you find him? Uh, he was referred to me, actually, by a longtime uh, client of mine, uh, Taharka mm-hmm. Aleem from the Aleem Brothers, who used to be with Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, so he introduced me to his uh, nephew and, and to McConan, and kind of we took it from there, and we've been rolling. 
Wow. Okay. So it's a, you, know, you know, our business functions on relationships. It functions on networking, just like most industries. But yeah. relationships are key. Without them, you can't progress. No. And it really is who you know and how you know them. Exactly. And then what you know to be able to deliver. Absolutely. And that is the bottom line, the delivery. Yeah, it is. And it's about information. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I like to share information. That's why I wrote the book. Um, I teach as a professor of copyright music publishing at Georgia State. I've taught at Benjamin Cardoza Law School here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is knowledge is power. And if you can help share that knowledge and empower other folks, you know, it all goes around in a circle in the feed. That's why we launched our new website a couple of weeks ago called AskMusicLawyer.com, which I invite all the Coco Express listeners to please check out because it's a wealth of information, power, and knowledge on that website that includes resource directory information. It includes uh, contracts that they can pick up and review for their own use. It um, is a chat room. We're going to have monthly webinars featuring celebrities talking about various business aspects and creative aspects of the industry. So it's a real fun site, easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that was put together by networking. I got a guy in London, Simon Vandy, who was the web developer, who was introduced to me by another client. I've got mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Funderburg in, in Atlanta doing the social media, another mm-hmm. associate of mine, Larray, doing all of the content uploading. Got Angela Ellaby doing a lot of the uh, lifting on the PR side, so mm-hmm. I couldn't do it by myself. It's a team, and I'm just one person, so I do what I can do, and the team does the rest. And that's what an artist has to do. They have to have a good team because they can never do it all by themselves. It'll never happen. No. It's a vision, and they're they're the people who help you execute it and clean it up and make it presentable and and get you out there. That's right. I think it's, and with some I success, think, I mean, look at what you do with Coco. You know, you can uh, do that yeah. by yourself. Oh, so no. That's no different. No, 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 no. It's no different. No, it's yeah, not. It's all the same. But I think, you know, young artists or aspiring artists sometimes um, are, they're, they're unaware. And this is, a you know, this website, because we are a, you know, a digital information society now. Your website is is awesome because I remember being in the business back in the 90s and just seeing and and it was no it's been no different from mm-hmm. then and beyond where people were just so unaware of how much they were signing their lives away mm-hmm. you know ignorance and yeah you know what they say ignorance and is bliss until you wake it up it is until you get the bill <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and you will it's just a matter yeah. of time when you wake up and be like damn what happened yeah and and I won't even name the artist, you know, because I worked at, at a, for a good chunk of time at the recording studio. And mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to lose your money. Yeah. Or at that time it, it was because yeah. you don't realize what those costs are. And when you show up in the middle of the night, when you blocked out a day, you're not paying for those middle of the nights. You showed mm-hmm. up with the guy, your engineer is sitting there all day. You're at paying 50 bucks an hour. Day, yeah. If not more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the well, I was just the engineer, not the studio. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, it's it's a awakening process, and mm-hmm. artists, producers, songwriters, creative talent, entrepreneurs, investors, business managers, if they don't go out and seek the information, they only have themselves to blame because the information is readily available at the click of a mouse. Absolutely. 
which is great. It makes everybody more educated, um, Mm -hmm. more savvy, and um, it makes, you know, you're less likely to be taken advantage of. And, you know, you you are going to be to a certain degree, but to a lesser degree, (laughs) more than Mm -hmm. likely. And you can make intelligent decisions for yourself. That's right. That's right. And if you don't, get out the game, go keep your nine to five and just make room for somebody else who's serious about it. Yeah. Go be something that falls in line with what you, you know, what you can handle because. That's right. I saw something, and this is the other thing about the internet, like on my Facebook, somebody posted uh, something online about DMX who just is falling by the wayside. Mm-hmm. What the heck? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, but you know, careers have have peaks and they have lulls and valleys. So, you know, it's rare that it'll constantly be on a steady high plateau or a rise. So, you've got to be able to weather and sustain the longevity if you're going to be around for ten or twenty years. But I think um, what we're seeing now is that musicians, artists are so diversified. If if their music career is not, you know at its highest point, they have so many other businesses that are generating mm-hmm, right. income and influence yeah. that, you know, some their brand is out there, their name is out there. So it's not like I'm forgotten. I'm no, just no, not. I mean, classic example. When was the last time you heard a record that Diddy produced or recorded on? But you see his name every week. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's branding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just the nature of the beast right now, so you have to ride it mm-hmm. and do the best you can. Now, um, going back to the to the artist that, that you found that was sleeping on the couch and, you know, really making, grinding it out. I like mm-hmm. that phrase because that's yeah. what it really is. It's a grind, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do they, how can they make, I know the, you know, like you said, the internet is one of the best vehicles at the moment to get out there, but people want to see you perform. How can you make the best of that? Sure. Well, again, the first most accessible performance vehicle will be YouTube and mm-hmm. the various internet sites because it doesn't cost anything and you mm-hmm. can stand in front of your own selfie and be up on YouTube in five minutes. So there's no barriers to that point of entry, which is where everybody needs to start. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind that for live engagements, unless you're doing open mics in your hometown, it's mm-hmm. difficult to get on a show opening or in any capacity of any meaningful size because, one, the promoters aren't going to pay you because right. you don't have a fan base and there's nobody that's going to buy a ticket and pay their money to see you at that level because they don't know you, you don't have a hit record. So that's something that's not realistic. So they need mm-hmm. to take advantage of the tools that they have that are really accessible, that they can afford. Again, it comes back to the Internet. It comes back to using CD Baby or possibly TuneCore or one of the other digital distributors to get their music uploaded so it can be sold. Then it goes back to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, all the other digital platforms to be able Mm -hmm. to get their music out, create a fan base, 
create a buzz, and, and I guarantee you that if that buzz is measurable in what we call metrics, that's mm-hmm. what the labels are all looking for. And once you have them at reasonable numbers, they show that you have a fan base and good music and an image, they will be calling. That's what folks need to focus on. So what is that What is that golden metric number? There is no special number. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't want to say, you know, hit a million and you got a deal because it really doesn't work that way. There's no magic threshold. And when you walk through the store, you got a parachute. So mm-hmm. it's really, you know, in terms of YouTube views, yeah, they have to be in the millions. Mm-hmm. In terms of Twitter and Facebook, yeah, tens of thousands. So the numbers have to be decent so that it's mm-hmm. really a measurement of a true fan base right. along with good music and a great image that's marketable. And mm-hmm. because for every company, it's a different measurement. But the key is right. to to push it as high and as far as you can because ultimately someone will take notice. And that's your opportunity to build your career. Great. I think the uh, one of the interesting things is great music is great music, but image is everything as well. so can that's you talk correct. a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, you know imaging is very, very important, and sometimes in the media, people say, you know even bad press is good press if you can turn it mm-hmm. around um, right but you know you and I can't say you want to have a clean image versus a dirty image because you know gutter mouth signs dirty so. You know, there's a market for everything. The real thing is you have to have an image, and the real key for the image is marketability with a provable fan base mm-hmm. and accessibility. So if you can combine all those areas into whatever whatever image that you're developing, there are folks out there that are going to buy it and pay for it, and that's what the companies want to know, and that's why people get signed. Yeah. One thing that I find interesting is that there's so many followers of trends. Mm-hmm. People tend to say, ooh, I'm going to try that, ooh. But the reason well, you're trying that is because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that person yeah. that you're you're trying to follow is authentic. Right, yeah, and true to what they're doing and has a consistency as yeah. opposed to it's just a quick bubblegum pop song that everybody is, you know, it's not the Macarena of, of the day or, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. It's got to right. have some realistic uh, longevity to it. And so uh, that uh, longevity seems to be authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I like mean, look you said, at uh, look at D'Angelo. You know, yeah. D'Angelo's out now with his new album. He's a he's a friend, um, and you know I applaud him because he took a break. He had some creative mm-hmm. challenges with his label, um, mm-hmm. but now he came out strong, back stronger than ever. Ashanti, who was a client mm-hmm. of mine. I mean, she mm-hmm. after she left Murdering, she took a break for a minute. But last year, when she dropped her new album on uh, on E1, it was top of the charts. Yeah. So that's longevity. She's been around since she was 14 years old. Right. Um, and had tons of hits, great catalog, but those are careers that you establish and you sustain them because you have a great image, you've got good quality material, and you're good mm-hmm. live when people do pay their money to see you. Another thing I liked, the break. Now, some people think that they can, you cannot take a break in this industry, but there are so many other people who have done that and to their benefit. Tell Sade and Stevie Wonder they can't take a break. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it all depends on who you're talking to. Right, right. 
and that you know, and they you know have kind of shown us there's no there's nothing wrong with a break, a breath. Sometimes no. I wish artists no. would take a breath in in between because you just feel I just feel sometimes that there's an oversaturation. Saturation, point. and sometimes there is. Yeah, so you know, an artist with a true fan base that's a true fan base that's really loyal mm-hmm. and dedicated. They can be off the scenes and not have any real activity for two, three, four years and then pop back up and it'll be like they never left. Right. That's a career. But I think there's also something about the American entertainment industry where we're always, you know, next, 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 next. Like the Latin markets, they are very loyal. Mm-hmm. You know, other other ethnic groups are very loyal to their artists. And they have, well, that's and why we're... Have, you know, the United States is the fast food capital of the world. Mm-hmm. We're immediate consumption. We don't sit and spend two hours for a meal. So. No, we don't. You know, we yell at the person if you don't get the food here quick enough. For their That's life. right. Like, yeah, so it's up? all cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, which um, I find fascinating that, you know, mm-hmm. Julio, Julio Iglesia, I mean, come on. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You know, he can so be those 100. are careers. Yeah. But Tony Bennett but, and Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. So, again, clash, fan clash base. Of Titans. Fan base, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Tony is, you know, and jazz is is for the United States is a different animal anyway. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, but it so, all goes back to the same thing. You know, a solid career, great fans. Mm-hmm. Anytime, yeah. you know, you'll be rewarded and welcome back. Because there is that consistency. It's just like you, your favorite restaurant. Every time you go there, you want the thing that you like to taste the same. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you haven't been there for a year, you want that same experience. You want that same yeah. feeling. So it's That's the same right. with with our artists. We want we go because they deliver a product mm-hmm. that is consistent for us. Right. That's you why know. I still go to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Frankie Beverly. Concert. See, hello, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Consistency. Right. Yeah. And just like and the Beach Boys, you know, people will mm-hmm. show up to a Beach Boy concert, and you're like, what? Yep. But exactly. Yeah. They get that same so that's, sound, that's, that same feeling. It takes them back. Right. Well, that's the beauty of the business that we work in. So it has generational impact. Right, and it and it hits you on such an emotional level. Mm-hmm. You, know, yes. you can you go to yeah. a concert, you can remember where you were, who you were there with, what you were doing, and so it it really um, is amazing how emotionally sensitive music can be. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. But what would you do without it? We wouldn't. Uh, life would not be the same. So. It Jump wouldn't. on the bus and enjoy the ride. There, if you can, yes, and that's what yeah. you should do. You really should yeah. do. But while you're taking the ride, get get some education. Get mm-hmm. educated exactly. on, on the business so that, and that's how you really do enjoy the ride. You yeah. know, yeah. Because yeah. if you're feeling all stressed out and you know nothing's working out and things are going bust, you can't enjoy the ride. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why. That was one of the motivating reasons, and that's why I was happy to share the information that's in the book and also on the website, which we will continue to evolve with more information and more fun. So I just encourage folks to check them out, but also to to research, to be students about this business so that they can enjoy the ride, as you say. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I want to I want to commend you for doing this because you well, thank know, you. As as you know, we've had a history of so many. You know, you hear so many terrible stories of people, you know, who had it all and lost it all, and mm-hmm. and you go, wow, him, her, wow. Yeah, I know, I know. And you've really taken advantage of the tools for information delivery. Well, thank you. So, I mean, you're doing your thing too. I mean, well, thank you. You stand on the shoulders of a lot of great educators and, and, and you know, folks that are journalists behind the scenes, either on the microphone or on the pen, and, you know, the Hal Jacksons and the Gary Birds mm-hmm. and the Frankie Crockers and just oh, a yeah. ton of folks. And, you, you know, they're all friends of mine, and it's all a tradition that you kind of continue with Cocoa Express. So I applaud you as well and say, keep on keeping on. Thank you so much. And, you know, like it is fun. You know, I, I feel like I get to talk to so many interesting people and explore so many subjects that I might not have come across in my daily mm-hmm. life. Right. And to be yeah. able to share that and to share how people got it done and maybe mm-hmm. inspire people to do something themselves. You well, know, it doesn't you're an have influencer, to be. so keep on yeah, thank influencing. You. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm gonna start telling people that's who I am. You know who you're talking to. I mean, well, that's who you are. So. Exactly. <laughs> Put that on your signature tag. <laughs> yes, I'm an influencer. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, Kendall, thank you so much. Oh, um, my pleasure. I enjoy the time, and I'm happy to share. And I appreciate uh, your Coco family listening in. Yeah, and if you have any other things you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Please let us be the one. Oh, trust me, Angelo and Tracy, you're gonna blow your phone up. <laughs> because you know you've got lots of information, and I really enjoy the way you deliver it so concisely. I think well, I've thank learned. You. You're welcome. I've learned a lot. You know. Great. And, uh, great. Well, as I like going. to say, uh, to be continued. Yes, absolutely. Great. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Enjoy the rest you of your day. Oh, you too. Give our best to Angelo. I definitely will. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks, that was Kendall Menton, a law attorney, a music attorney, a well-established one, as you heard. Um, and his book is Understanding and Negotiating the 360 Ancillary Rights Deal. And he has a website, askmusiclawyer.com. So if you are interested in your career and interested in what you need to do to, you know, get up and running and understand your business so you are prepared for what's coming at you so you can enjoy the ride, like he said, I suggest you check out his book and the website. And, you know, like he said, there are going to be um, – interviews and webinars that are featuring um, established artists, new artists. So I, you know, I I am going to check it out myself. And my producer already took a sneak peek, and she said, it's awesome. So that being said, um, he's going to come back and, you know, update us on what's new in the industry, which will be fun, which will be interesting to me because it's an area that I have a lot of interest in and you know, I like to. I like knowing where the business is going and where it's at. Since I was once a participant, anyway, uh, like you said, I am an influencer. That's what um, Kendall called me—an influencer. So I'm going to take that and run with it. Well, anyway, 
you know, hit us up and tell us what you think. You know, check out the site and, you know, give some feedback. Anyway, it's been a great Saturday, and I love hanging out with you guys. And I just want to say, I'll be seeing you. Okay. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.